and a documentary Okay, Kaylee, yes. we're on. <laughs> we're on. Welcome back to Lady Blair's Things the Blues. We are a podcast with three beautiful, full-figured women come to share our views and our experiences walking through this world. Um, I'm Kylie Too Smart. Good morning. We have, like, are, are we in directions? <laughs> well, who's in my last? So, Paris is below me. you, and I'm on your. I'm on. I'm. I'm your this way, and Paris is down here for you. Yes, coffee. What is that? Directions. What are those? <laughs> um, so, thank you for joining us. Uh, let's get right into how's your week. Do you want to start us off? Uh, yeah, sure. I am having an okay week. Um. What did I do? <laughs> I don't remember. What didn't you do? Sometimes we always busy. You're There's this joke at my comics. job where like we blink and it's literally the next month. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, my week went pretty okay. Um, there was a couple little hiccups here and there, but I think I think we're getting getting somewhere with things to speak vaguely. Um, I know we're preparing for a show for 7th Street, and so I had a rehearsal last week, and, uh, you know, just same old shit, 40 days of, 40 hours a week, so, like, I don't know how to answer wait, this wait, this week. 40 days and 40 nights. 40 days and 40 nights, that is right. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've been pretty good, um, did some yard work, got my mind off of just, just reality, and that's all I can say. I'm kind of, it's not very smooth this morning. <laughs> uh, I'll pass the torch over to Prowess. Because um, I don't know how to she talk said, how was today. Your week? She was like, um, busy and busy. it's back to you. Prowess, back to you. I feel you. I feel you so much. Um, so I have had, it's been an interesting week. I'm, I feel like every week I get on here and I'm still so squeaky so and... Um, a little, uh, I don't know, still progressing, but you know, I'm gonna make it um, eventually. Uh, I was going to give a shout out to the Janet Jackson documentary. It was, it was beautiful. It was, um, I cried, I laughed, um, I felt all the emotions. It was, it was so well done. It was, um, it was very well done, and um, I, there are so many takeaways from it and so many things to unpack. I won't give it away for people who haven't seen it, but just if you are, you know, you love the Jackson family, if you're a Janet Jackson fan, especially because there's not that many, I mean, you, the Tina Turner documentary, the Mary J. Blige documentary, um, there's a lot of things that women, creative women in power have in common. And uh, I'll, I'll just say that in terms of, you know, marriage in terms of finding love and in terms of being able to um, sort of protect themselves mm -hmm. in this artistic creative space black women have a, a significant amount of, of price to pay yes. in that space and so that was something I took away from this documentary was that Jenna Jackson has had a hefty price just like so many other black women that I mentioned earlier have in that department which is so so sad and yeah um, yeah I think very, very telling of our society and our, um, you know, just, just the world we live in that, um, but other than that, it was beautiful. If you are a Michael Jackson stand like I am, there's so many gems of seeing Michael that you just will cry. Um, but beautiful. I love that. 
Yes. Um, I I really resonated with what you said, like how black women just go through it. And so like, yeah. I absolutely will vouch for black women all the time because of the fact that like we're always put up to the pedestal. We're always put to be like slammed down with shame first. Um, it's always yeah. one of those things that we don't get a break. We don't get a break to just let let her hair down and to just go brawless <laughs> if we're if I'm just like using a metaphor here but like um but no like we just we don't get a break um and I it's just it's just really awful especially with women who are black who have like darker skin like the challenges that they have to face with society because they always say that they're strong and I forgot who said it this week but someone was like can we like de-stigmatize calling black women strong by default like let them give them a break like now there's this like societal expectation that they have to be strong all the time right? instead Being of just strong is not a flex yeah like yeah. i mean it's great that we get to be strong and get to be perceived as strong but then like with that being said like there's more pressure on us and so it's 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 a weird like yes, we want to be called strong, we want to be uplifted, but also, like, that shouldn't be our default and we shouldn't be holding everybody's weight all the time. Um, so, yeah, I feel that. Um, but, yeah, what what channel is this documentary on? Um, it's on Lifetime. Um, A&E and Lifetime, it's a four-part series. Um, so, two parts aired on Friday night, two parts aired on Saturday night lots of home footage. I think they said they followed Janet for five years during the um, redevelopment of her tour, her last tour, which I also got to see. So there was, there was a treat in that because I was just like, yeah, seeing Janet live is a religious experience. I hugged my <laughs> friend. We were, we were hugging each other for, you know, minutes and minutes and minutes during the show. And it's a bonding moment because there was this, you know, the stadium was kind of empty a little bit. Because it was a show that had been postponed because people remember Janet had a baby in between getting the album recorded and the tour so she had to postpone a lot of dates um, during that time until she got sort of back into it and uh, we were sitting next to these guys and they were they were hugging us we were all hugging doing dance moves it was so great it was like um, and they had just gotten like married or something so they were they were, it was just wonderful. Like you just wanted to hug and kiss and, you know, just you just felt. I felt so warm and community based, and like everybody was having such a good time. And I don't know where else you feel that except for like church or something. Like, yeah, that level of emotion. Yeah, I love community aspects to concerts. But before I go yeah. into that, also I feel like just Janet always delivers. Yeah, no matter the circumstance, she just delivers like seeing the old like the concerts that she did back in like the day like early 2000s 1990s like wait yeah. though wait i love that that is now back in the day like, <laughs> you know back in the day oh because you know my little ass could like walk into those concerts easily right like i was part of the experience yeah <laughs> exactly i remember the whole super bowl debacle I remember exactly where I was, you know what I mean? Like, oh, these moments are iconic. Yeah, and that was the thing that people tried to break her. Like, people tried to break they Janet did. because of that situation. Yeah. 
And I was over here when I saw that happen. This kind of links towards my stand to the Jackson family. But like, when I saw that, I went, oh, that's part of the effect. <laughs> I just carried on. Yeah. <laughs> Even though like, I don't know what the real story was. Um, I just hoped that Janet would bounce back and she did. So like, I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't like, oh, my pearls, you know, it was, I was- I just think it was so funny because I remember people then also like talking about with him and like comparing the nips lips and like there was a whole like hasty discussion and debacle that like Who arose. Gives a fuck. Like seriously, I remember people being so upset about this nipple. Like, and that's really like really you guys. But that's part of the whole per- that's part of the whole issue with being a black woman in entertainment. Like the moment that you right. do, oh jeez, you did the wrong thing, Jesus. Like you're suddenly on you're suddenly like shaking the shame bell. Like and also what's really sad about that is like black women often take accountability first. Even though it was a whole ass accident. Accident. She's like, sorry, yeah. my bad. And Justin Timberlake didn't help the issue because oh, I mean, it was he's terrible. a mess now, but he used that to benefit his career and didn't really, he didn't put himself, he didn't do what a friend should do, right? And then kind of play, pay that sacrifice along with her. Yeah. And she was disinvited to things. He should have said, I'm not coming in solidarity, right? But instead he was going to the Grammys. She was he was like, she set me up. I was like, Justin, at yeah. two? At two, Justin, after everything the black community has done for At you. At two, Brute. <laughs> remember, yeah. Brittany, remember? Yeah. When you was going through all the heartache, who was here for you, Justin? Exactly. That's a real statement, yeah. It just shows, like, I, I have this whole theory about comfort and privilege. And when you're comfortable and you're bringing in the dollars, you're like, what is anybody's problems? are mine why why does it bother me and so that's what i kind of got from the whole justin timberlake thing he's like oh i'm getting money i don't give a shit about janet's emotional well-being that was just a job i don't give a shit about britney that was just a teen romance like i heard he also didn't really stand up for britney during the whole britney bullshit which you know it's it's typical fuck boy ex-boyfriend behavior to be like oh i don't give a shit about my ex-girlfriend but yeah like the way that like i heard that he didn't really say much to say like not even something like yeah i don't believe in women having their their livelihoods taken away like like legally like that and but he didn't say a damn word so like again he can swim in his dollars it's like whatever all right kylie how's your week (laughs) my week has um been fantastical um it was a lot of adulting, which I'm I'm excited about. Honestly, the, the struggle the struggle is beautiful, right? Um, so I'm on a journey of becoming more financially literate, um, mm. right? Because there's the step. Step one, you have the house. <laughs> step one, you step have the two, house. Get financially literate, like maybe get financially literate first. Um, <laughs> So uh, my first step in doing that is uh, like going to the bank, right? And meeting with an advisor. So I did that this week and um, had like a wonderful time. Like I I swear it was just a kismet timing of just all of these wonderful, strong, intelligent women coming into my life at like the perfect time. Um, Because I went to the bank and literally sat with like three different women back to back to back who all 
had like incredible wealth of knowledge and like were patient and really like mm-hmm. wanting to mentor and tutor me, which was really nice. Um, that's I think one of the things that we don't really talk about COVID now that a lot of the institutions are emptier because people aren't going in. You do get a lot more one-on-one um, service and care with people because mm-hmm. they have nothing else that, not nothing else they have fewer people that they're seeing you know on the day-to-day right and a lot of them are doing more work like online um but it was nice to have that um, extra like care and attention um, on that journey so i'm also though because of because i had gotten home and i got a car my credit had gone down right so now i'm learning some different um, methods on getting my credit back up and um, like I got the Experian app and like the self app and just you know trying to be a little more on on point with what's going on and the plans that I have for my life and the future yeah so my week yeah I was like I feel like it was all positivity it was, it was like hey you have these goals let's let's go get it done I've been in the gym and I think that's been getting me through all of my days um i think it's funny because so many people have actually started asking me like oh like, what are you doing and it really is unfortunately there's no quick trick it's you have to eat right and go to the gym and drink your water yeah and sunshine this is true. This has been my struggle with working out because, like, I'll I I've been doing a really good job with the running thing, but I'm at the point where I just want to like give up. <laughs> I just because it's like every night I'm like, okay, I will hash out this, I will hash out this mile, and then I'll do my 40 minute like workout with this like lady who has the weights and is obviously 140 pounds. Like she's already there, and I'm like, I'm not even 50% you right now so like (laughs) so that's just been kind of a whole like thing um but no I hear it like I'm glad that you've been going to the gym and all all your little stories are just so inspiring like you're just like I'm ready it's it's me against me and it's it is it is everybody it's just you against you whatever goal you have it's it's all about you know what's driving you what's your motivation who are the people around you who inspire you like i'm blessed to have incredible people in my life who keep me inspired to be better and to do better Mm -hmm. um so like honestly without my friends who would i be i'd still be me i mean you still would be just you like you you're like the most like in (laughs) in tune person i know when it comes to like just keeping it 100 uh so really yeah thanks guys well yeah um so that's been my week i've been really um excited about this episode in particular we're right on the cusp of february which means goodbye christmas decor Mm, i know i still have my tree up too and hello black power what hello it's February. It is the month, the time. The month, the time, but also the month of time to not be accepting no bullshit either. No bullshit. No not bullshit. Not, a, not nary, nary a granule of it. In 2022, are we fed up? Are we sick of it? Yeah. 
Yeah. We're looking for some poetic justice, okay? Oh, wow. Oh, excuse me. Oh, excuse me. Excuse uh, me. She got the Tupac on the chesticles. Let's go. Let's Not the chesticles. <laughs> yes, on the chesticles. Oh, so yeah. That was my week. So it's been pretty good. Yeah, no. I'm I'm glad to see that you're thriving and shining. Um I can't wait till everyone is thriving and shining. Uh, because I'm just disoriented. <laughs> As you guys can tell today, oh, I'm just super trust. disoriented. Uh, <laughs> I get to come on here and be like, ah, oh, yes, things are great. <laughs> but you don't see me like struggling with all of my tools to like get things together. Yeah. Oh no, I messed up. I'm like still trying to get a hold, get a handle on this OBS thing. So I did a cute thing, by the way. I don't know if you guys have been looking at it. I saw Janet, yeah. Yeah, so I've been adding, like, what we've been talking about and finding an image that, that you know, shows what we're talking about. Can we about. also explain to people, like, while you're doing this, you're also, like, managing techie back-end things. I'm always so impressed with the level of multitasking because I cannot. <laughs> so, you know I, I cannot. <laughs> yeah. So the funny thing is, is, like, on this platform, any other Twitch streamer would see this, be like, yeah, that's the fucking normal. <laughs> we're new. We're learning. So that's why I'm like a baby. Yeah, that's the right, yeah. But that's perfect. Look, we are we are bringing baby blurs energy <laughs> to every new platform that we get into, and you get to see us um, excitedly learn about it, and, and then mostly you get to see B. Um, tell us about her technical woes that she encounters because I'm just like, oh, um, the Matrix, you say some something about streams and lines of data. Neo, Neo, where are you? <laughs> Have you guys seen the latest Matrix? I yeah, did. I did. Yeah. Shout out to the Sense8 casting. Ugh. I saw Wolfgang and I lost it. I saw Wolfgang. <laughs> I saw the rest of the crew. Wolfgang's most important, apparently. But we'll shout shout out shout out to the casting of the the latest Matrix. Like I saw Sensei, I felt a sense of closure since that show was booted off of Netflix. I was like, all right. So what we're actually talking about? People are like, why is she, why does she have this picture? So I have been in one too many situations, maybe two too many situations, maybe three, where. I had had trouble finding my hive because Your bay hive? my my hive of like just women to hang with to share experiences with and first and foremost I am like saying a public appreciation to Prowers and Kylie because like it took so long to find like a really solid like hive of women to just hang out with and be supportive of each other without any like strings attached or not to like prey on each other or to use each other's misery as our fuel for success like it just feels really good um and then same thing with the women in 7th street big band that i'm with so like gabby um Brittany, nicole lydia amanda natasha uh, Janelle, like Phoebe, like <laughs> I, I hope I'm not forgetting anybody. I'm like streaming down each <laughs> section. Leela, Leela too. Um, but 
it's so to name that many women in a big band is incredible um to say the least and so like we do our best to support each other i'm like really close with gabby and nicole especially um where we're able to have our little hive and talk about music things as well here in the bay area and um so with that all being said i it took a long time to find this like group of friends um and i wasn't being like objective or being like hey baby take me out to dinner like it wasn't like super objective and um i guess not commercial but more so like i was trying to be friends to say that i have friends with girlfriends it's more so like an authentic connection and so um but on the opposite side of that journey i've had been in all women workplaces and all women forums that claim that we are uplifting each other but it just becomes this like entourage of women um and it doesn't feel good because there's always like one leader of the pack who's not really aware about the issues that go on with communities of women supporting women and Mm -hmm. then it turns into like a whole like survival is uh, how do i put this what i'm trying to say is like i have been in communities of women where they don't actually follow the values that they're trying to establish in their in their forums and it's been really discouraging uh to say the least and even when like we're all trying to figure it out together and we've been in this situation where uh we've been in a situation where we're trying to uplift each other and like they say that they'll uplift each other. There's just a little bit of like over policing in, in these forums of like women just being like, well, you can do that, but you can't do that. And, or you can put that there, but we're just going to delete it and do something else. And I'm talking about like digital forums and, or there's this whole like, Oh, you can, you can promo yourself, but you can't promo yourself too much. And so, or even like the sake of like, saying like hey i'm going through something or i'm emotionally impacted by this event these are the reasons why and they're valid reasons that align with marginalization and systemic oppression and yet there's women who are in denial because they're friends with the person of the source and so seeing these fights that happen in these forums and also workplaces it's just super discouraging to be part of different groups when there's kind of like a dog eat dogness of these spaces that say that they're for women but it's hard to really be yourself in those spaces because you feel like you're always being monitored and so um with that all being said i know that was kind of like my vague little piece but like we wanted to talk about on this episode like how do women support women like what does that look like how does that feel how do you know or how do you measure that women are being supported by each other instead of it just being like we're doing it for the publicity but internally it's all ugly and so and we want to acknowledge that this happens doesn't happen in every space but this happens and so um i I don't know did you guys want to kind of like jump in and like kind of say something about that like i know i kind of like went into outer space and came back but like i just wanted to get your takes i feel like this is such a it's, a, it's such a hard 
um, topic because it is it is very um, women um, collectively, right? We 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 know that we have such impact together um, that there is power in, in numbers for us. Um, that's how we have been able to sort of reverse stereotypes. Is how we've been able to we benefit from collaboration over competition. That is that is sure. You know, there's so many studies on how women are more successful in in different areas because of their their connectedness and because of that inner closed circle. Um, that you know, if you you are more likely to be you know paid more, um, the gender composition of your inner circle does matter. But there's so many systemic hurdles that make it so hard, and, and cultural hurdles, too, um, to overcome. You know, for for us to do that, and it's 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 interesting because we talk about the boys' club, right? And that exists, and no one finds anything weird with that. No one finds the finance bros, crypto bros, whatever. <laughs> crypto right? It's bros. like those kinds of things. We hear those things, but there often is not that same kind of a space. Or women are able to dominate um, and even I feel like one of the things that really shook me I feel like was uh, Simone Sanders and leaving the the administration recently Kamala kind of because very upset with how Kamala has handled um, I think being a voice for women mm-hmm. um, and that feeling like that was not a professional relationship that was um, advantageous for pushing the women, pushing our agenda forward. Um, and yet we're right at the point, right, where it's like we're getting, you know, Joe Biden is getting ready to name a black woman for the first time ever that he's promised to the Supreme Court. Um, but those meaningful connections, right, kind of are really important for us and much more important as women than it is for, for men. Um, so yeah, I feel like it's really hard. It's it, the systemic stuff makes it a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, like you said, the sort of finding your squad and uh, being able to understand that, right? Like not everybody is going to be your squad, right? And sometimes you have to find, you know, that's a that can that can create a lot of tension and a lot of like frustration because it's like it builds distrust in women or mistrust of other women because it's very hard to find your squad. It's very hard to find people who are, who are your support network and are, you know, important for your well being. Um, and that could be in the workplace that could be personally, you know, all, all the different things, even culturally, spiritually, whatever those things are financially really being able to say, you know, that I'm here to help you be your best Mm -hmm. and actively help you succeed. And that is a difference of, you know, just being a friend or just being, you know, in someone's corner. It's like, no, I'm invested in your success because I know as we are going to do this together, I succeed, you succeed. That's how it should be. Mm-hmm. Instead of being like, well, I'm here and you're there. Right. Um, yeah. Um, Kylie, what, what are your, what are your thoughts? On Kylie's that? leaning in. <laughs> I saw you. <laughs> I, I'm telling you my, my week, my experiences this past week, um, going to the bank and having that appointment and sitting down with those three women um, it was a game changer for me because it really gave me more insight to kind of what you were saying earlier of like the financial bros um, and how tight that circle is right so 
now I'm sitting down and I'm talking um, with an advisor and she's telling me that, you know, she's running back and forth between like Carmel, Monterey, Selena. She's going to all of these sites and the structure that she's seeing is pretty much similar where it's like maybe one or two men at the top and then the rest are women. Um, mm -hmm. And then the people that she's connecting me with, there's like, here are some other women that are going to understand what you are going through. Um, because I had the opportunity to really sit down and be genuine with these people about what I'm trying to accomplish for myself because it is um, it is a, an intimate setting, right? You're talking about your finances. This is your life. Um, so these people, yeah. the support that you get, it really does matter um, how they show up for you in this space of literally women supporting women in like building and accomplishing um, stability. And one of the most common things between all of the three women that I spoke to, um, you were all badass women of color to boot, women of the global majority. And I'm just talking, we, we had, you know, Hispanic women, we had Indian women, we had black women, we had Asian women. And like all of these women are looking at what, you know, I'm presenting, what I'm going through and, um, you know, talking to me, hearing my story, hearing my background, and slowly they're telling me what their backgrounds are, how they got into the industry. Um, and everybody's story is different, but one of the commonalities really was um, the fact that they were the glue for their families. Some of them, it was just the first generation. Um, you know, I'm the first one to build financial stability in my family. I want to make sure that you as another person, another woman who is doing the same thing, like this has been my journey. I know what the struggle was like. Let me help you get as far as you can on your journey and like we can all help each other. And I'm talking like setting up meetings. Like most people, they're like, oh yeah, usually we'll meet like once a year, go over your profile. They're like, oh, you're trying to get some stuff done. You're trying to plan for this business. Like let's meet again next month and like we'll have a little meeting with this person and this person. Yeah. No, I'm happy to hear that that like with your with your financing appointment that that was like an outcome that you have definitely received. Um cuz yeah, sure, like you being in that chair, it's a transactional relationship, right? Where it's like you're there to receive services to better yourself. Meanwhile, with them servicing you, they get paid or maybe they get a commission. I don't know what the what the the agreement is, but you know, basically they get something out of it, but at least there is a moral compass, a value that, hey, we're both women. I see what you're trying to do. I got the tools. Let me try to help you get ahead. And for me, it's the not dragging your feet because they told me they're like, you know, like some of some of the other, and I'll say when I'm, I, just something I've noticed when I'm dealing with men, I have to repeat myself sometimes um and especially in financial spaces uh yeah. you know they are like well you you need me so what are you going to do for me more uh, it was more that instead of a collaborative tip or oh i see you're trying to do this let me connect you with this this and this let me let me get on it let me jump on it let's work let's get to work whereas um some of the energy that i've received from men as a woman is like it's literally like, oh, where's your husband? Or like, where's your brother? Or, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Why are you the one handling this? And it's just like, well, like, this is who I am in my family. So I'm the one dealing, <laughs> like, 
with my life and my finances why is it less like why are you less willing to work with me as a woman which is it's just wild like why would you be less willing why to is this this apprehension yeah like that's that's and i've i've had better results like bringing a guy friend into banks sometimes or bringing a guy friend to like go do taxes it's weird yeah, it's bizarre and it's just like um, I was listening to a discussion about men needing to feel needed by women right and I was just like so this is a difference because like I'm I am trying to get my needs covered not my wants not my desires mm -hmm. and I need to make sure that my like personal stability is not dependent upon a man that doesn't mean that I don't value men it doesn't mean that you know what I mean this is like your value should not be so interconnected to um how you can hold yourself in a position above women that you literally <laughs> like why it doesn't make any sense we could be supporting each other we could be stronger allies for one another especially if you are a man who is wanting a partnership wanting a marriage wouldn't you want your partner to be just as capable walking through the world to cover you um, as you are for her, right? Oh, but like, babies. I'm joking, Aww, but like, stop it. <laughs> no, but I feel like that's where kind of like the, the, the attitude kind of stemmed from where it's like, there was this, like, because women are biologically or females are biologically capable of bearing children. <laughs> <For> males? <laughs> yeah, like, it's just like one of those things that females take longer to recover from that and so it's like the, the 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 gender or the sex roles just kind of were established i think in response to that and then because like there's there were probably a lot of accidents like you know maybe accidents with giving birth or just like women related issues with having painful periods every month like there was probably just like that establishment but now that there's more resources and more access for women to handle it better and what I mean by handle it is not to say like, oh, here's a pill, it's all gone. It's more so like we had to adapt through the pain and also through the recovery process of even like giving birth to now we can actually adapt to the working world. Um, that's my conspiracy theory. I don't think it's a conspiracy theory, but anyway, <laughs> my point is, it's like- She's like, those are my facts. <laughs> <laughs> but anywho, yeah, like I have noticed that. And now that like, we are now adapting to a world that things are becoming a little bit more equitable, one, one step at a time, even though things could go faster. But of course, the whole dragging in the feet culture, I love it. Um, Cause mm, I can go into it, but I don't want to right now. Uh, but yeah like i guess what i'm trying to say is is that now that women are more capable and have adapted to things that they would that they would endure on a month-to-month -month basis or even with children that now that it's like oh wait they can do it now now we need to support them but here's the kicker like i or not the kicker but like what i want to know is like now that we're adapting to this new world where is the tension coming from with pitting women against women is that like another strategy to make sure that we're not uplifted anymore like is that what is that pressure coming from i think that yeah i feel like that's part of that systemic piece around one that women feel have been sort of i feel like there's some programming and sort of you know these layers of that we are naturally competing against each other that 
part of you know right finding a husband if that if that is if you have been programmed to to believe in those societal sort of like you said traditional gender gender narratives where you're like okay i have to find a husband every woman now is competition instead of it being right so i'm i'm competing against right what i look like how what i do how i present myself where i stand what my presence is all of those types of things um so that I can make myself a more attractive um, option for mm-hmm. for someone, which is so sad because it's the idea that you're competing, not even for your own personal glory of it. You're competing for the gaze, which we'll we'll talk about later. But for male gaze, mm-hmm. which is such a you know terrible kind of way to program um, program women, and sort of the there's a mistrust of camaraderie, and I and I. And I grew up with this too. I grew up with women who would say to me, I have a lot more male friends than, than women friends. And that I never thought that was weird until I became an adult. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I never thought that was weird. But then I now feel like that that's sad, right? That's profoundly sad that you have more. It's not about more, or but, but you don't have equitable friendships. You don't have, you don't feel like you can have a relationship rooted in trust and love um, with women because there was a, a level of I don't know if I can trust you mm-hmm. um, and that is sad right like are you going to go behind my back and, th- and that throws me back to like middle school and the early beginnings of like that mistrust sometimes are receded maybe not in elementary school but the three way calls right the the um, the talking about you behind your back yeah. the sort of ganged yeah. up kind of mentality that women are given um and and some t- those all things happen with men too but they're more forgiving of them and for us right it's a little different do you think because it's because we the resources, resources were so, so scarce, scarce or seemingly scarce for us like you know yeah. jobs to finding the correct <laughs> correct husband to find... <laughs> it's correct okay <laughs> that was that was great <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. uh, as, a, as a queer Why baby it myself, like it's not always like the husband narrative. <laughs> no, that, and that's why I said these traditional, because I feel like, right, Callie, even for for the idea of sort of being able to exist in a non-traditional format, those that, that kind of what is non-traditional has changed, right? Because it's almost like saying now queerness is, is, is in a different space as it was before where it was sort of this narrative around like even women queer queerness was much more accepted what you know worldwide and that was just sort of a thing um women were still in positions of power that were in in queer relationships or even the fact that there were perceived right we all heard whitney for instance or like a, a lot of different women who've been in positions these massive like even Janet Jackson herself. I mean, there's so many people who have been either rifled with, with you know, speculation or whatever that might be. And, and it wasn't like a thing. But men's careers have been completely destroyed artistically for even the, the thought of it. So I feel like we people have been more progressive. But it's, uh, yeah, those traditional narratives around, like, is that really a woman's goal? Like, what what is this? Yeah, like, I'm still trying to figure that out. Like, why is it about the male gaze at the end of the day in one way or the other? Either either from romantically or even professionally of, like, saying, you know, until you're in the C-suite, 
until yeah. you're in and you know being able to have have wage parity with men and that's a goal like our goal is to have wage parity with men yeah instead of it being like we, we want we want you know equilateral benefits to just say i want to be paid what i'm deserving yeah instead it's this other you know comparative thing with men and which which sucks yeah what are you thinking kylie um so come on noodly brain um i'm just thinking about more like archetypes um for behaviors and what is I, I'm like moving, I guess, less from uh, like gendered speech to more like masculine and feminine energy speech. Uh -huh. Because what I do also see is once women or once there are a few women who will enter a space and then emulate what they have seen has been successful, which uh -huh. is tending to be like more masculine tendencies, more of the domineering, more of that oh, this is business, this is money. Um, and it, it kind of harkened back to something that you had said earlier about women networking and having mm -hmm. more um, connections and depending upon one another to get each other further ahead. Um, whereas I think men are coming from a standpoint of, oh, well, like I was expected to make it alone, which nobody makes it alone. We all know that is a fallacy. Mm -hmm. There is yeah. nobody who is literally like self-made, um, no matter how you got to where you got. I'm not saying that you didn't grind and that you didn't work hard and that you didn't put effort and energy into your work, but um, somebody helped you along the way. Absolutely, or somebody's. 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 Yeah. Several yeah. people, and we all know um, that when it comes to support and when you're following your dreams, gender become something that is not even at the forefront of what you're trying to accomplish right okay. if I have a goal and that goal is something that is positive in my community it shouldn't matter whether or not my internal biology is male or female it doesn't you know what I mean um, that's something that I think is um, a, a, a paradigm shift that needs to happen that people really need to start looking at each other's individuals and okay. not placing the gender identity um, first. Like find out what the content of someone's character is before you try to ascribe all of these attributes that you have in your mind as to what it should be for them to be a woman or what it should be for them to be feminine. Um, yeah. And like self-expression, yeah. professionalism, like all of these things tie into our everyday filter of what we're already like going through to present and yeah. uh, I feel like that shouldn't be belittled or um, taken less seriously just because <laughs> of your gender that's weird yeah I People, think that's weird yeah <laughs> there is a generalization um for sure um, that I'll take into acknowledgement because like, you know, then you wouldn't have guys on the internet or women on the internet being like, well, when men do this and then men come back, well, females do that. And then we're like, whoa, 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 what are these words? Uh, but uh, I'm like, but people do yeah. this. Like, this is common on both sides. Pe this is a human behavior. Like, let's <laughs> yeah. just start humanizing each other. Like, come on. Yeah. yeah. But I also 
want to kind of bring to the table of like just making sure like when women come together and they have these like kind of like toxic overtones to how they run things and that's where generalizations also become stronger because it's infectious um and and this is what i was trying to address when i first like was in spaces of like let's empower women but let's make sure that we make women feel bad if they're not following what our rules are when it really shouldn't be like what the rules are it should be more so like how can we make this person be better how can we make this person feel lifted and vice versa like how can we train this person to uplift others you know i mean let's let's make sure that we're not trying to do the main character thing here where it's like it's just about this woman and this woman only it should be collectively about everybody so i guess my final question with this segment is like Kylie, you had a great example at the beginning with your finance advisors, like how do women support women? So like, what does that actually look like versus the status quo? Like, I think women supporting women is more so like, here's a group, let's make sure that we're all checking in with each other. Let's make sure that we find ways to like, make sure that we're all feeling supportive. So like, for example, the relationship between my boss, I make sure that she's taken care of versus like, she's also making sure that I'm taken care of. So there's this like cross of like checking in. Um, so that's also one thing. It's also like being unconditional about like sharing each other's art, like, you know, art as an example. Like if I have a show, some girl on Instagram is gonna be like, oh, Veronica has a show. And if I see that girl having a show, I put on my Instagram, like this person's having a show, whether if it's on the story or if it's like, hey, I told some buddies that you're having a show. Like, it doesn't have to be 100% transactional where there's like, I'm gonna get mine mentality. It's just more so like, oh, this is cool. Like they're doing a thing, let's support each other, you know? Which don't get me wrong, across the board, I like to support everybody. But like, sometimes I like to bring more attention to women just because of the the imbalance. So probably, what are you thinking? I think um, I think absolutely. I feel like there's a, a level of sort of being able to ask yourself and in, in your circle, like, what do I need to feel supported? That is important to be able to ask yourself right there. And then learning, um, there's being vulnerable. Learning to be vulnerable is a way to support each other because it is a, a there's such shame and uncertainty, the risk of that emotional exposure and judgment that comes in. So again, that's really how you build that trust. And, you know, it's that sense of belonging that um, our experiences, right? The fullness of our experiences are not just places where we're strong or where we have questions, but also where we're, where we're uncomfortable and being able to do that. And introducing women to other women is a great way I feel like to em- empower them, right? Like it, it, having, again, that tribe, um, and when I hear that word of like saying, I don't have very many women friends or I don't have that, it's sort of like that should be an instant like signal to say, let's let me find an opportunity where I can maybe introduce you to, to someone to have a have that bounce ideas off or, you know, sometimes it's commiserating and um, and but you have to sometimes they say you'd be specific because we have been conditioned sometimes to feel like it's a burden to help others. So it's really sort of learning how to, I guess, accept that, like, you know, that you, you need help and that it's okay to ask for it. And that, 
Um, and help doesn't just mean, right, I'm in, only in a vulnerable space. It could mean that I'm feeling confident and I'm feeling, you know, it's being able to compliment each other. It's being able to be, um, you know, being able to understand each other and ask those open-ended questions around, like, how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. Why do you think you're feeling that? Mm-hmm. Um, paying attention, you know, being able to offer feedback and um don't be judgmental responding actively listening and supporting um so important i feel like and and you know shout out to my 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 lady squad um of uh, the tea chat riako and shubzilla and yep. whitney harper and Flo distilled who have been such rocks for me just kind of because it is a space where we can all be vulnerable and open and um and tough moments where it's just like i just need someone to be able to actively listen and, and not even necessarily provide feedback mm-hmm. just listen and that sometimes is the hard piece so yeah those are all things I feel like you know to define a little bit um for me support is like you said being able to be vulnerable um but also I recognize that I'm a human being and I don't know everything mm. I'm moving through this world and you're watching me learn things as I come across them um and we all come from different backgrounds, so you never know what the foundation is for somebody's knowledge. And so being in a space where I can say, hey, I don't know about this thing and not feel like, oh, why don't you know about it? Or you're like not as polished or you'll be looked down upon for not having a piece of knowledge. And instead of someone then offering you, I don't need to be spoon fed knowledge, but if you offer me some resources, I consider that support, right? I will be more than happy to go out and do the work but if I I I don't know what to look for if I don't have that knowledge right Mm -hmm. I don't even know what questions to ask sometimes um and so for me it's having people willing to be vulnerable and willing to also like share their stories of growth and what that looks like for them um not being automatically ridiculed for not knowing something is like huge Mm-hmm. because we all start from somewhere I've never understood that putting down someone um, for not having a skill set or um, not being aware about certain things hair care skin care <laughs> wallet care you know what I mean like mm-hmm. some, some things are superficial wallet but care. it's it's wallet <laughs> care but it's about um, really like it is care right so that's your health you know um, and if you don't have this knowledge, some people will be like, oh, like it's a cultural thing. And some people will be like, oh, well, this is a woman thing. Like as a woman, you should know this. And I'm like, how would I know this? <laughs> who, who teaches you things? There's no general consensus. There's no like overarching thing of what it means to be a woman. So um, the only way that I could say like, point like for everything, right? Every is just every woman. Every woman. Meet us all where we're at. Every whatever we're asking for. Like, by the way. Sorry, I was thinking about yes, I'm every single one. Whitney, I'm every woman. It's all in me. Yeah, does it have to be all in me? Yeah. It doesn't have to be all in me. Um, like I'm gonna go pick and choose what I would like to learn and like I just want people to be supportive of that process as well. Mm-hmm. yeah awesome yeah no thanks for like like allowing us to kind of talk about this because like snippets of this conversation could be taken out of context like 
just to fit the narrative too and that's something that I want to make very clear about this is that we brought up this discussion because of like common things that we have found um and we felt that this was like a strong subject to bring up about like how what does it look like how can we do it and also these are the things that we've encountered per our experience um but yeah I'm glad that we all have our own like hives and are able to be authentic in spaces where there's lack of judgment which makes me really happy you get to be authentic (laughs) in your hive in your hive (laughs) see what she did there oh by the way I forgot to say shout out to my hometown friends too because uh (laughs) they're also a group of girls who are crazy but I love them you have all the all the friends like (laughs) we just need one episode we're just like I just didn't want them to listen and be like hey what the fuck (laughs) haters (laughs) v that v she's vicious look at her rising atop the backs of her her female friends so let's also talk about i mean on this week's nerdy and dirty we are now venturing from dry january to now no fap february (laughs) wait what because to what to no fap february (laughs) Okay. To what? <laughs> I'm sorry. To what? <laughs> it's like, um, we are we agree? a women empowering podcast? Shouldn't we embrace our sexuality <laughs> and sexual urges? Hello. <laughs> yes. What's Valentine's Day without sex? What is Valentine's Day without sex? I'm sure there's a lot of people out there's, there going. There's no without like, sex this Valentine's nothing. Day. <laughs> no, ma'am, no. There's nothing. I'm gonna make so many people who's all these people who are not having Valentine's Day sex. You've you've just like why? Because Joey Badass told you not to fap. That means you can't get off. You're you're not allowed. You're not allowed to feel. You're going to have to rely on some emotional intimacy this Valentine's Day. Get your emotions in check. Yeah, I hear that. Yes. You're, I'm just kidding. You're yeah. going to stop using flowers and chocolates to get to the box. Okay. Please oh. don't do that. Speaking of transactional, like <laughs> transactional behaviors and holidays, Valentine's Day is kind of a mental doozy. Yeah, it is. Do we agree? It's what are our feelings? A, it's a mess. It's. it's I'm, so I'm not weird. really celebrated it. Yeah. It is a weird day, period, because it's just the the fact that it become it's become a day to profess um, your love for someone. But people that are, it is such a traditionalist kind of day of like gifting or the pressure to gift your significant other something to showcase that I care about you and to be romantic when that should be happening every day, right? Like this is not. I've never really been into it. I gotta tell y'all, like I've never really been into Valentine's Day because I always thought it was a little cheesy. But I do recognize the. I as I've gotten older, I recognize the importance of like I would do Valentine's Day with my friends, and um, uh, that would always like make me feel good to like you know us trading gifts for each other, but they were such thoughtful gifts and small you know small gifts but it was just like having that with my girls has meant so much to me um it made me i guess redeemed my interest in valentine's day yeah the valentine's day 
thing was is a fun way to take the pressure off of romantic checkboxing. I and that's something that I don't like. I I like to do Valentine's Day as kind of like a gag. So meaning like if I do something for cash can of beans. <laughs> can of beans or like I'll cut something out in a heart, but like it's not like me being like, Do you like it? Do you like it? It's more so like, look. And he's like, Oh gee, thanks. Wow. For Valentine's <laughs> Day? Yeah. And we're just very like dumb you guys are shit lords <laughs> yeah we're, we're just shitting on each other like one time i gave him like a bouquet of like salami uh <laughs> and not roses uh but yeah like that was always fun but it's not like we're really doing it to just say because we did it for valentine's day it's just to kind of make like a lighthearted joke but like valentine's day with the girls that's always fun because we get to drink and talk shit and watch yeah. some dumbass movie and make jokes the whole time and it's just a way to like kind of take the pressure off of like the significance of how this day evolved yeah i'm so torn because i like part of my love language is giving gifts and mm -hmm. like i really enjoy like putting a gift box together um for my significant other like i really enjoy doing those things um and then <laughs> the other part of me is like but kylie capitalism and hallmark holidays and and yeah. hallmark oh, and hallmark <laughs> and hallmark and and <laughs> all of these other things and like rail against the system but i'm like no but i really like giving thoughtful gifts and like watching the joy in someone's face um granted i like to do that whenever so just having it be designated to a day is oh like, no oh, kylie will just come out and cut to me like i got you something Look. I got you something. Oh, you like I this Dragon Ball Z shirt? I don't know if you like it, but here's the sweater. <laughs> I found the thing. That's and literally it, Kylie. It, it like... reminded me of you. Here, here's this thing I found for you. Um, so like that this girl doesn't even need a holiday. Excites me. It does. Like, I'll be like, oh, <laughs> gifts, gifts. Uh, uh, uh. Um, so like I love that but it's also um, the intention and thoughtfulness behind it right um, I don't want a gift that makes me feel like an afterthought no matter mm. what the day and I think that's kind of also like the cutting aspect of this holiday because we set expectations and then when expectations aren't met or if someone like if you show up 100% for somebody and you've like put all the thought into something and then they are like oh I forgot <laughs> like that feeling yeah. is terrible <laughs> yeah so, I yeah I don't like the afterthoughty gifts it's just kind of weird um because I I also to be clear, like, I used to be broke for a long time. And when I mean broke, Bro I mean, like, $5, like, to my name. Or even sometimes minus 30, thanks, Bank of America. Thank um, you. <laughs> but, like, Dear Bank of America. Not trifling. Yeah. Yeah. Not me, like, saying, oh, I got $2 left. This will hold me over until Tuesday. And then, like... A surprise bill because of some dumbass subscription from Apple went through instead of it being declined. 
Girl, you better cancel that subscription. I don't know who signed me up for that. Yeah. But yeah, there was supposed to be a trauma. But like there were times I just couldn't buy a gift. And so like I'll be just straight up with like folks being like, Yeah, I know it's a thing. I I'm broke. And then there's the extra insecurity and connotation when you're broke because of like life situations. Like I'm in college. I'm in transitioning from house to house. Uh, Bay Area rent is for some reason $1 million a month. Um, But yeah, yeah, like I I used to just be like, yeah, I I would appreciate it. I I used to be, I would appreciate if you don't give me anything because I can't give anything in return. Even those who give are like, it's okay. I wasn't expecting anything back. But sometimes you get like a couple personalities who are just like, wait a minute, where's mine? You know, like, and so that's like really cringy for me too. And so Valentine's Day, thank God I wasn't really in a relationship in in college, but Valentine's would come around and I'm just like, all right, I need to hide. And I also need to make sure that no one is trying to pop out of the cuts with something. And um, luckily that wasn't the case, but I also didn't want to have the obligation to try to give back because I was always running on my last $10. Like, it's just, and like gifts, oh my God, people will go all out on the Instagram expectation of gifts. And that is just like. And presentations and surprises. Look, I'm here to tell y'all time, like intimacy, energy. These are all gifts, right? If If we get together, say we don't have to have money, but we can go for a walk and have a lovely, beautiful conversation. The fact that you are like, setting time aside to intentionally exactly. do something together mm-hmm. that's nice and put your phone down while you're intentionally having this time together yeah yep um, absolutely but yeah money gifts so mm-hmm. speaking of gifts what are what are some gifts that you feel are kind of the meme to valentine's day but aren't really it Oh, so many things. I think, boy, Kylie, you want to start this up because you yes. are already talking um, about so. I'm anti-fresh cut flowers. Oh, a twist. A twist. Like, flowers are mm-hmm. nice, but I'm at a stage in life. I'm at a stage in my grown age now. Um, I would rather have a living plant. Um, I'm, like, working on my garden, so... <laughs> if anybody <laughs> wants to... Send me seeds. Send <laughs> We're me. adulting now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm She's trying like, to plant my plants. <laughs> Oprah said, "You're only real, real wealthy. Your true wealth will come from the trees that you have on your land." Like we're trying to get on that shit, okay? So get me a rose bush. I don't want some roses. Like give me a rose bush. <laughs> um, that's how we're operating. But also, I just feel bad because fresh cut flowers, like they die so fast. Yeah, they do. And like, wouldn't you rather have a living plant that will actually like enrich your space, like literally, and the energy and love that you put into that plant, like, if you keep it alive, that'll be a forever memory. And you're like, oh. Yeah. Um, so I, like, I am about sustainability. Um, so I'm. Wait, did Kylie cut out or is that me? Oh no, that's Kylie. Kylie, I think she cut out. Okay, so <laughs> poor Kylie. Technical difficulties. That... Oh, there we go. Is she coming back? Oh. Is she back to Did us? I come back? Yes. Am I revived? You're back. Yes, you are You're revived. Back. We Baby, I'm back. You. I have revived. <laughs> Level up. <laughs> Girl, 
if you die? <laughs> hey, you you do not know what knowledge I brought back from the other side, okay? <laughs> the ancestors were like, girl, we have some tea for you. Uh-huh. <laughs> God. I hate you. Um, yeah, uh, any gift that... Like, I enjoy food and cooking, so I was like, that yeah. is a plus. However... The like, I'm a, I'm a snob now. I'm everything's got to be artisanal now. Like certain, <laughs> okay. like I'll just be like this. If it's not quality, we don't want it. Okay. Kylie said, we're, I will have an Amazon now. wish list for you for you to select I will. The, the bougie things I need. <laughs> That's what Kylie said. <laughs> I like arts and crafts. Get me something arts and craftsy. Don't get me lingerie. I think we've already had like an extensive lingerie uh-huh. discussion. Um, things not to get. Don't buy me undies. Um, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I was to transition from lingerie. Um, I'm over here. Like, please don't buy me lingerie or clothes. Um, I will not wear that anime made cafe bullshit. I won't do it. I will not. Yeah. Do it. Made cafe for me, by the way, has been like the, it's been like a weird, like, cringe thing for me in the in the convention world. Like, same, if, same. If girls do it, I'm like, y'all do you. I if that's you? your thing, that's your thing. Just I, yeah. I, I no invitation needed. I I can watch from afar. I will support you, but that's yours, not mine. <laughs> I I have, I keep seeing the fellas in their mermaid outfits and I I'm here for it. <laughs> I stand. Come yeah. through, cat boy you know, in I your maid outfit. I don't hate that. I actually don't. I think I really love seeing masculine hairy legs in a maid cafe outfit. It's it's a fun thing to see. Not gonna lie. It gives me joy. Fun. Especially yes, when you got dress those, up like, for skinny, me like, for Valentine's. Legs. Like that that's it. That's the, that's the sprinkle on top. Sorry, promise yeah. you're gonna say something. <laughs> no, no, I'm 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 listening. I'm agreeing because a, a lot of this, I think the same thing. I'm like, mm, made cafe. I'm kind of over it. But I, but yeah, I don't I don't judge others for doing it. But I'm just like kind of like, is there? Do we have something that's like? Have we progressed past this now? Yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing. No, is- feather dusters are hot. <laughs> <laughs> So another romantic item I don't like is, you know, I don't mind being choked, but I don't want to choke on that dry ass candy. Cha-ching. The sweeties. The sweetie candy with the like little chalk with the little messages. Like I love you. Are you mine? Are you mine? (laughs) Ding dong. (laughs) Fuck your life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, that would be such a good presentation. Take me out to dinner. Hey, yo. <laughs> that would actually be so good. I think they, there is a service where you can make custom messages. I think there, there is. are. Like, yeah. I know for sure you can do them on the sweeties. I know for sure you can do them on M and M's. Oh my god! Which I've actually like. I I've actually seen those, and those are like pretty cute ideas, like customizable M and M's and such. Um. But yeah, <laughs> just do. I get a lot. No, Bing Bong, <laughs> Bing Bong, just. <laughs> Bing bong. 
this next generation. And they're like, what's up, baby? Want to be my Valentine? Bing bong! <laughs> Get your whole life. Mm-hmm. I, I think, think that I think the meme Valentine's Day cards are a thing. Bing bong, fuck your life. But yeah, let's go, let's go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wait, that that would actually be acceptable. Yeah. Sup, baby? I'm trying to take you out to dinner. Oh. They need more of that. Yeah. That would be fun. I, I was saying how I, you know, despise these like totally, um, you know, just overt uh, pandering type of cards, like. You know, I joke with the Yoda one for me and all of those kinds of things. Like, it's not even, it's not funny. It's just kind of like becomes like, no, did you think this was like a way to to be like, you know, weird? Like, you know, the don't get me a like Han Solo and Princess Leia art <laughs> or something. I'm, you know, try to like, like, don't get me the nerd gifts, please. Just don't do no. it. I'm nerd core, but not that type of nerd core. Yeah. Do you see Funko Pops in my background? You see class, baby. Class. Yeah. I want. Yes. (laughs) Don't give like Zelda Valentine's Day cards, like Link holding a heart container or something. Try to be a little bit less literal, you know? Don't get player one and two keychains because it's not cute. Like I, you, you gotta, you gotta be a little bit more because like show that you put some thought into something. And that shows me that you didn't like. You're just like, oh, I just found this little corny thing, and I thought it makes sense. Because um, yeah, if you're going to be thoughtful about a gift, it might be something you need, or you know, something that would help you in a way. And and yeah, that's the kind of stuff you want. Yeah, I'm or also like, like please get to know like... us in our entire selves. <laughs> <laughs> that also kind of plays into like the minimalist culture that we all try to aim to be. It's like, please don't give me items. Give me something that's disposable, baby. Disposable. Yeah. Something that I can either eat, and it goes back into the bio system somehow, or something that like somehow she says somehow we know how. <laughs> Ma'am, I'm gross. I'm sorry. But also, give me something to eat. <laughs> Just give me something to eat. Yeah. Give me something to eat or something that will live at my house for a while. <laughs> Miss house plants. Yeah, exactly. No Triforce card. Don't give me a heart container. This bitch said, please leave me alone. <laughs> Get your nerdy ass away from me. <laughs> oh my god. Where is the love? We can cosplay, though. Yes, you can get that Valentine's cosplay. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. But see, that's something that you had to put some thought into. Like, you didn't just, like, pick up or something and be like, this makes great sense, right? Like, yeah. Which Tifa dress <laughs> do you want? Do you want the sporty? Do you want the elegant dress? Do you want the casual, comfy dress? Do you want to show up in the Italian Senate with those dresses, Tifa? Okay, I'll stop. Oh, yeah. God. Just a chocobo saddle. Boom, boom, Yeah. Whew. All right. Uh, so speaking of nerdy things, uh, just nerdy this week, we actually wanted to talk about um, characters that resonate with us and characters who are Black in media that resonate with us um, since we're coming up to Black History Month. Um, and so 
Um, we luckily enough, since the what I actually like to see in the animation world is like now that there's more black representation for characters that are actually that are black, so you won't have like some random like white voice actor voicing a black character. Now there's actually like a connection where there's a black character voicing a black character or a black voice actor voicing a black character. So those are some things that I really like to like kind of give the snaps to because proper representation and not black facing your voice just to fit a role. Um, I'm waiting for the day that accents aren't needed that we can actually get authentic accents down the line, but that will take a little bit more time. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I wanted to kind of start this off where like we all know that there's like, you know, characters from like Bleach to like the Rugrats to, um, you know, Hunter Hunter that we can talk about that there's black representation and and so um, I'll start with um, this week we're going to talk about three. I was going to start with Stella from Spirit Fair. Um, Spirit Fair is a game that Thunder Lotus created. Thunder Lotus is a gaming um, studio in, I think it's in Quebec, Canada. And uh, the story is basically kind of a, uh, a spin-off from Greek, uh, not it's Greek mythology, that's the word I'm looking for, from Greek mythology. Um, Charon, who is um, kind of like the Grim Reaper of the, of the Greek universe, um, passed on his duties to this girl named Stella. So she's supposed to find spirits and guide them to the right of way. Um, I really love the story because the way that how Stella navigates is like Stella just kind of has like this big old ship. She's upkeeping everything. She's kind of like the head of household of the ship. Reminds me of Kylie a little bit. <laughs> um, but she encounters these spirits that were once actually part of her life and these spirits are in, in animal embodiment of what their form looks like in the afterlife. And so she has to do tasks for them, for them to be able to move on in their lives. And so it's kind of like a beautiful story where you find a spirit, the spirit is unresolved, you find ways to resolve the spirit, the spirit wants to go to the Everdor. And um, I think that's kind of like a beautiful story. Um, and it's very minimalistic and there's a lot of implied actions based off of the storytelling. So like this, the game isn't telling you this is what you're doing, you as a person who's playing the game just kind of have to figure it out and so there's been moments in that <laughs> game where I cried <laughs> I cried a lot because there were some elements um to it that were like I was shook um one of the characters obviously or one of the spirits that you encountered started talking about her life you start to do all of her activities you're almost at 100% and then you start seeing that she has Alzheimer's and that was kind of like the downfall of their actual like human life. And so I was getting all choked up after that because it was like, it was showing like little signs where again, they're not saying that's what it is, but it's just implied storytelling. And so I was like, oh my God. And Stella would do everything that Stella could to make this person comfortable with hugs, giving them the right food. Um, and so there was like a moment like that. And there was another moment where there was a character you can tell that they passed away because they were senile like they just got so senile that they couldn't really move and so by the time like I would resolve these spirits like after every spirit I would resolve I'm sitting there crying in my bed like why is this so deep I love it but Stella as the caretaker resonated with me because it was just how 
she would go out of her way to make sure that people were comfortable and making sure that everything was okay and that the people were fine to right away it was definitely very much so like so supportive main character and so that's what i really loved mm-hmm. about that character in particular and so what's funny is like when i went on that rant about like um about voice acting and there was like zero voice acting in this game it was all dialogue boxes so i don't know where i was going with that but um well i do but i i realized that i just had like a very mute game uh so uh, but yeah, it was it was a good game, and I give uh, Thunder Lotus five out of five, even though there were some glitching issues and they had to do a lot of patching for the Switch version. Um, but I still love that game till this day. So, um, but yeah, Kylie, what about you? Oh my gosh. Okay, so uh, for me, I chose um, Yoruichi from Bleach. She's one of those characters. Um, that like I will carry in my heart forever and it's like a little piece of my core identity if you know her you will have a slice of like oh this is a bit of Kylie's humor like a lot of the mm-hmm. characteristics that Yoruichi has um I stand she is um one of the first representations that I really saw of a, a black woman um in power but also yeah. Um, in anime, um, but also, <laughs> as I even say, black woman, she's a very gender fluid character because she mm-hmm. has two forms, and one of them is a male cat. <laughs> and even in how she talks to her pupils and how she talks to the people around her, like she will actively defy gender norms. Um, like she likes to be referred to as like, like she's an old man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, age is funny in that show because you know you can be hundreds and hundreds of years old so she's like she wants to be referred to as an old man it's funny or she'll refer to herself in some of these more masculine terms um one of like the kicks she gets out of interacting with Ichigo is like transforming from her cat form to her human form and like for the longest nobody even knew that she was a woman like they just thought she was (laughs) she just thought it was a male cat (laughs) (laughs) and oh how funny like we're both talking about spirit worlds right because the premise of um bleach is that you know you have the spirit world and then you have the human world and you have reapers that um go in between and then there are spirits who have unresolved issues and they turn into monsters all this other thing and the soul reaper society they fight them (coughs) and so like part of who she is in that world is like this badass warrior woman who's also a noble but who is also so down to earth and real, like she doesn't even want to use those honorifics when she's talking to her students. Like she's just, she's everything. She's everything to me. Um, And like the humor popping up naked in front of Ichigo just to see his reaction is like, it's not even, um, you can tell from her standpoint that it's really like a gag. There's no like real sexual attraction there or malice there, but it is just funny to see him react to nudity and I think it's a really like tongue-in-cheek gag um, on social commentary too about how um, we see women in power utilizing sex or utilizing their bodies (laughs) or utilizing nudity and it is like a big joke like oh (laughs) like this really gets you like you're really bothered by this Mm -hmm. lulls uh, refer to me as old man and respect my power as I like flash step um, leagues and leagues and leagues ahead of you (laughs) <laughs> um, uh, also just in her presentation 
purple hair, all black suit, like fit, strong. She was everything for me. Mm-hmm. Yoruichi, Bleach. I, I watched the show just for her to start off with. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, oh, Ichigo, this is cool. And I was like, oh, like all of these other characters. And then as soon as I, yeah, it was done. Yoruichi I'm over here like, I loved Bleach at the beginning. And then I hit the bound arc and that's where I lost it. <laughs> and so, oh, yeah, that happens. It was just so slow. Yeah. But I love, I once I got to the arc where there's Nell and they got into those like really evolved, like, what is what are those guys called with the skulls? See, this is how detached I am. But com, not not the kampai. What is kampai? Wait, that's, that's, are you thinking bonkai? That's bonkai, like the second release bonkai, for bonkai, for their bonkai, weapons. Bonkai. Was it what? I said yeah. kampai, which means celebrate in Japanese or cheers, kampai. cheers, yeah. Which I was like, oh, Kenny senpai. Kenny senpai. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Extra special. Alright, yeah. Paris, what about you? No, sorry. sorry. <laughs> my love letter to you. Both uh both of the characters that you selected have are special to my heart. I think additionally I identify a lot with and I'm realizing kind of the connective connective tissue and a lot of anime representation because I mean it is still something that is evolving. But Canary from Hunter Hunter who, as as you guys have talked about, sort of the arc of um, of anime characters that you've mentioned. Now I'm like, you know what? There's a lot of similarities and a lot of uh, a lot of um, protagonists, black women characters that I'm noticing. But I love the fact that one canary is is sort of really a natural um, beauty, but it also, which which Kylie mentioned, is sort of like she's a butler. She wears a butler uniform. Um, so, um, for people who don't watch the series, she's got like this great eyes, this dark purple hair, it's kind of pulled into like her bunches. Um, and there's like a red string at the tip. So it's like, it kind of, uh, she is very kind of, I guess, presenting as, as, as black. Like there's not, um, you know, a caricature, I guess. Well, she black. Her. Give her purple hair. Yeah. <laughs> but she is a ruthless guardian. Listen, she does not. Any trespassers that are coming, she's loyal to the Zoldic family, which is um, Kahula for many people who know. That loyalty, I think that show is showcased there is something that I feel like um, black women are, you know, that is something that is uh, put into the lexicon of like, of anything, right? It's almost like that is a, that that caricature of us and, and, and an archetype of us is that we are, there's a gentleness but there's also this ruthless ability to sort of switch off and, and she can kick butt. Um, she uses a rod or like a staff or whatever as her weapon. Um, but she, yeah, she, she is, she, she can do a lot. I'll just say that, um, with that rod, um, protecting that whole entire clan, but she's the gatekeeper in a way. Right. And it's sort of like, if you don't get her permission to enter her, 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 combat skills are dope but it's not just that it's the resilience of mm -hmm. her character i think that's like makes her really interesting um and so it's a lot of depth but i'm thinking like you know what it's it's so interesting to see because what you don't get in the story depending on if you were like a fan of the manga series or if you're a fan of anime um you don't always know her history her background is kind of hidden 
um, this meteor city where she grew up, you know, she became this hardened fighter. You don't really understand what that kind of, this lawlessness is like a mafia assassin type of city, mm-hmm. um, like a Gotham or something like that, depending on how. So it's, you know, her becoming a powerful bodyguard is like a whole entire thing, but she has this aura that she just kind of gleans. It's just really, it's tremendous. But again, that resilience, which I feel like, again, is such a, such a thing of black women. There's a lot of people who, who, who don't like her because of her hairstyle and facial features, which I think is weird because there's a lot of exaggerated um, features in, in early anime. And I feel like Canary is kind of coming out of that, right? I don't know. But a lot of the, the characters that we all mentioned today, especially Yoroichi, so the idea around that, like, you're kind of, there is a masculinity to the character development. Um, and I, I get that's why people don't like Canary. Um, and, and, and people have, they've had whole arguments about this. I think oftentimes, also, like, oh, I was thinking too. Like, there's always a. I we t- Kylie and I talked about this during our our representation matters. That why mm-hmm. is it when there's something that is authentically black perceived as masculine for women? Yes, and so with the arguments, sure, like people are like, why does she look like that? Why can't she have straight hair like Yoderichi? It's like yeah. no, like. This is authentic black hair. This is yeah. How, and what's this wrong is how with that? natural black hair is formed, and this is how she styled it. And what's kind of cool is like there, there's like some photos around where like even it might have been like Hunter Hunter came out first, and then Rihanna was inspired by the look, or vice versa. But for the anti album, like yes. Rihanna has a look that looks very exactly. similar to Canary, and so Rihanna in no shape or or how do I put this? Rihanna is perceived by people as very feminine, very strong, you know, even though with her anti-album, there's a lot of masculine kind of style being played into there. But no matter what, people will still say Rihanna is she. Exactly. Um, sorry, Kylie, you are going to say something. No, I was going to say um, that is something that we do find prevalent in, in our culture is that authenticity is often tied to masculinity, that men are real, and that women um, are, I guess, more superficial in their presentations, mm-hmm. right? And I think a lot of it um, has to do with how feminine energy is perceived, um, even the discussions on makeup and um style right these things are perceived as like a facade and not necessarily like genuine Mm self-expression which i think also um makes it so that when you do have characters who are existing in a world where they are strong they are fighters um that those attributes then are like what make them masculine or like manly or less feminine um, but exactly. one of the things, like, I think that's cray, that's cray cray. Um, <laughs> that, right, I'm like, that's cray cray. But also, Canary, um, she has makeup, right? I was like, she does. Canary, <coughs> like, Canary <coughs> has me. eyeliner and Canary has, like, pretty lashes and, and lipstick. And so it's like, I really love that while her character is strong she's still feminine presenting and so it's like it is Mm -hmm. one of those culminations of intersectionality within representation because yoruichi 
like she is stripped down literally in her um female presentation literally stripped down when she transforms to back to being herself she doesn't have clothes (laughs) like she's literally she's naked she's walking through the world naked and um walking in her strength and not doing it um, like with makeup and i'm I'm, I did appreciate that aspect of her also because it's like, hey, it's a transformation and like she doesn't have to poof up all Sailor Moon style and like come out with full face makeup and the outfit and all this and it, this, that, the other. It's just a different yeah. presentation. Um, but yeah, no, that's, hmm, look at us, uh, astute. Look astute. at us making, <laughs> we're so astute, <laughs> making observations, <laughs> making strides, looking at the different options that we have for uh, character combinations. Yeah, and I feel like with any, this is gonna, this is dark, but with any character that is not white passing in an animation, there's always gonna be an issue. Like, oh, it is yeah. dark. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, like I'm looking at at the anime. I'm looking at the at the design of Canary in general. This is like not a menstrual representation. This is probably no. very, a very true representation of how a girl. A, a, a character a notable character would look in an anime with you know different style of hair uh she has big eyes which all anime characters have big eyes but the big eyes on how they're shaped are obviously feminine she has cute little lips she has a really cute little button nose um mm-hmm. very close to like you know the boondocks uh you know rendition of animation but like it's not far from she like is. what yeah, yeah. What African American or black would look like? Yeah, it's her skin is dark brown, so it's not like she is. It's just I don't know. People, I feel right, like she's not uh, ambiguously black. She's definitely black. <laughs> absolutely, that's that's what I think the issue is, and I feel like, um, yeah, I, I feel like in in maybe an earlier representation, because like in the ninety nine anime, her skin is lighter, so she was changed. Again, to your point about the evolution of like anime representation if we we're now in a place where you can portray characters in a way like this i don't know people are weird i think um about and i don't know all the time right there's a sort of anti-blackness still always. in anime yeah always like there's nothing i mean we're we're working through it think thankfully with like movements and hashtags that are coming through and what i mean by that is like you know black voice the the black voice actor thing the black character thing like Mm -hmm. and what i mean by thing is like i'm not trying to dilute it but basically what i'm just trying to say is like yeah there's always going to be a sense of anti-blackness like people lost their shit when they saw um angraboda for for god of war but everybody lost their shit about all the character designs they're like why can't they look like chris hemsworth i'm like these are nordic men they're thick as hell and they drink a bunch of beer. Like, what did you think? <laughs> and that's yeah. my generalization. <laughs> this is mythology in real life, in real life, right? Like, yeah, it's it's a, it's more authentic. Beer belly, baby. Beer belly, <laughs> baby. All right. Uh, so I think we had a really good chat here, and we do need to get to kind of our closing segment here with the podcast. Um, so as we're kind of getting to that, putting in some music. <laughs> we have music. We have music. Um, so a couple of things. I call to action. Uh, Kylie, I saw that you had a call to action uh, this week. Yeah, well, um, I'm encouraging everyone to find ways to participate um, as 
Oh no, we lost Kylie. Oh no. No, during the big move. That's okay, she we'll wait until she comes back from the uh, the megaverse, the megaverse, and then she'll be able to help us. Oh no. Can you hear us, Kylie? Am I back? Yes, I can hear you now. I was like, oh, oh gosh. You were giving us all the important details. You gotta just repeat them again. Yeah. Sweet, okay. <laughs> No, I was just, I was just saying, uh, my call to action is to um, go out and find some way to uh, celebrate and experience some Black history. Uh, if you're a local in California, in San Jose, um, you you know we love Hero Tents. They're doing art in the park. Um, that's February 26th and 27th in Castillo um, Park, San Jose, and. It's a two-day event, right? And it's just going to be speakers and food and vendors. Um, just time to celebrate, which it is. So, like, I want you guys to do something that isn't necessarily, like, commercial. We are always asking for people to support Black creatives, but we should be doing that year-round. Um, so there's a lot of things that we ask um, for our black communities that we should just be doing year round. And so I think for Black History Month, let's actually focus on celebrating and getting together and actually um, supporting and getting to know your black community. Cause I, like what you don't know, you can't rock with, right? So I think a lot of people have all of these ideas of what it's like to be around black people or ideas of what it's like to be in the culture, but we're not monolithic. Go check out um, like some sort of event. I'm really into um, Afro Soka Love. They're based out of Oakland, and they are um, all about good music, good food, good fashion. Um, it's all positivity, and so I'm just encouraging people to find something like that where you can be yourself and flourish, and really take the time to. Acknowledge the communities that are around you and acknowledge the strides that we've made. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. Black history is, in America is not that it's not that long ago, right? Yeah. I mean we're still we're still in the We're living time. it. Yeah, we're, we're in it. <laughs> we're in the in historical, historic time. What do you mean there's an end? Yeah. There's no end. There's no end. <laughs> Thanks, Kyla. Absolutely. Yeah, Hero Tent has been doing such great work here in the Santa Fe area, um, making sure that we're movements that are needing to be moved. Uh, they do a lot of advocacy about city council decisions, um, as well as, you know, just making sure that where recognition is due and where the fight is needed to be fought. Um, and so they're absolutely brave because this is something that is really hard for people to do every day. Um, and so I cheers to them and kudos to them so yeah check out things in your communities um especially since i know not everyone who listens to this is in california but try to find a an event that supports your local your local vendors uh, but also in celebration for black history um so um i wanted to real quick music real off. quick music's off <laughs> I laugh because I love this man to death. Uh, and I just, I'm so bad. I shouldn't be laughing. I'm laughing because he's okay. 
Is it okay to laugh to say that they're okay? Ma'am, ma'am, <laughs> you, you're a shitlord. And you are a lord extraordinaire. Only you can laugh. I immediately was like, I reached out. I was like, oh no, poor baby, get well soon. And Veronica's like, isn't it Tuesday to laugh? Like, when can I laugh? Like, <laughs> yes, and I say only this you because I know he has such a good positive energy. Like, I'm not doing it to be like, oh, he's a laughing stock. No, I'm just straight up just right. like. No, like, he, I know he'll bounce back because that's what he does. Uh, but anywho, so the rap nerd <laughs> had an accident last week, <laughs> had to go to the hospital, shared his experience at the hospital, um, where he said that it's really hard for people like me to get care because of how impacted the hospitals are from COVID. And so... He just kind of, like, really shared his experience from that. But at the same time, like, he he was still able to kind of just bounce back and just, like, be really positive and the most positive person ever. He Basically, how he hurt himself is, like, he was trying to work out. The workout didn't go accordingly, and he hurt himself. And so... He was being a good noodle. He was being a very good noodle. Um, and so, with that being said, I just want to give Big Move Monday to Nerd. Uh, he's always doing music. He doesn't stop. That guy is a is a train engine. He just will go. He just he's always up to something. And even when he's quiet, he's moving. And he's so <laughs> uh, that's the thing I really appreciate about the rap nerd. Um, and so with that being said, like just to kind of give some information about him, um, he's a producer, musician, mentor, philanthropist, nerd activist. Um, he goes by many identities such as Wordy, which is what I call him, and the Black Wookiee. Um, he also his old alias was the Real World Sound. Um, so he's from NorCal um, and uh, basically he has had where was I going with this? Oh yeah, so he's had like such a robust like career where he's like toured, he's done warp tour, he's done South by Southwest, um, and he's DJed for numerous nerdcore artists such as Mega Rand, Richie Branson, uh, and you know even other folks such as like Del the Funky Homo Sapien. So like he's had like such a really large career, um, and it's also a mentor to stu like to students to adolescents. Like he works with uh, juvenile youth. Uh, he also works with um, like kids to figure out how to start their artwork and how to start producing and rapping and like he's just very empowering as an individual um, and so he also um, leads a, a labor uh, a label called um, there goes your neighborhood um, and he's been doing that with uh, 4C the kid aka kid goblin he's worked with AO lyrical um, and he just really tries his best to make sure that he empowers and educates those who come across him. And yeah, and if you ever meet him, that's what he does. Like he'll just, he'll sit there and he'll sit there and tell you the truth about everything that's going on, things that need to be better, blah, blah, blah. Like he's, he's great. So I just want to give Big Move Monday to him and I hope that he recovers smoothly and that he gets back up on his feet with the workout game because, you know, with working out, you feel better and you know, yeah. you get that mobility going. So it just sucks to hear when you try to do a good thing for yourself that you end up hurting yourself. Um, so yeah, I guess hurting yourself is not funny. Um, but I, 
I'm glad you had that conclusion on your own. You came full circle. Look, we're all about growth. Did we not talk about women supporting women in their growth? None of us, we judged me a little bit, not too harshly. I just got side-eye from Tia, or from Prowess, and I just, (laughs) and I got, like, the the pursed lips from Kylie, like, girl, stop. (laughs) And again, I only laugh because it was just like, I know this guy will bounce back. It doesn't matter what he does, he always ends up bouncing back, and I'm just like, it's funny now, but at the moment it's not, and so that's 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 something. Still, yeah. That, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, music back on. Uh, that deserved a moment of silence, even though he's still with us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, I guess that concludes our episode today. Thank you so much for listening to Lady Blurred for the Blues here on Twitch, and later on. Yeah. on Spotify and Apple Pods and SoundCloud and all the things. And so uh, if you need to email us, please uh, email us at DelcastNDrive with the N. And of course, you guys can always reach out to us on Twitter on our individual handles. My name is Prowess, sometimes someone will underscore E and two smart Kai. Um, you can also reach out to us on the Lady Blurts uh, Instagram platform and where we can answer many questions and uh, get you involved with many things. Um, and don't forget to tune into our weekly um, Twitter Thursdays. I, I think failing to say something about that, yeah, we interview and have discussions with nerdy folk like us and you, who is listening. Um, so if you ever want to join that chat, let us know and we can get you involved. But yeah, that kind of concludes our episode today. And thank you so much. I hope you guys have a wonderful Sunday. Blessed. Be going with you. <laughs>